0: Welcome to PlayStation Daily, I'm John Blanco. Today, I'm talking about my five favorite roguelike games right now. As of now, right now at this moment, yeah. Hello everybody, this is an episode I've been excited to do. Haven't had a good chance, but roguelikes have become my favorite genre, them and narrative games. And roguelikes have such variability too. Um, They come in a lot of different forms. And I think between that and the fact that you can play a run in like a single sit down session and then just put your system away and feel like you kind of went through an entire gaming experience is a a really great thing and uh, especially useful in my life right now. Uh, This has become sort of the start of like a roguelikes week. For me, um, I'm playing on my Switch. Uh, my PS5 is for Batman and, you know, bigger games. So the, the Switch is actually a, a great place for me to play roguelikes. But I've played them plenty on the PS5 as well. And yeah, it's helped me to realize all the different roguelikes that I love. I put them all in a group. There's games that I've beaten before I want to play again. There's games like, I don't know. I mean, games that I, I was terrible at that I couldn't beat, that I want to try again. Games that I've won runs before and I just want to play again. Um, but I wanted to share some of them uh, with you, so I picked five. And um, I'm not going to include Hades, because I think that's the most well-known and it's gotten enough acclaim. Uh, certainly a couple of these are games I've talked about before, but Hades is an amazing roguelike experience such a good game i'm very excited for hades 2 next year but i just don't feel like talking about that one because i think everyone talks about that one but that being said roguelikes there's so many different styles there's deck builders platformers tactics games and like we're even going to see the last of us 2 and god of war ragnarok turned into roguelikes so it is a genre with a lot behind it Still I feel like it's mostly indie games. I I I feel like it's mostly indie games. I I think AAA games you just like Returnal is the best example I can think of of a real AAA title being roguelike. And there's probably some more. Uh I'll take a quick look here, but it it's still something that's more for indies and I think the reason why is it's easier for an indie company with maybe a lower budget to offer a longer playing experience in the form of a roguelike because they don't have to make 40 hours 30 hours of content for you they basically make the game take 40 hours by playing a lot of the same things again but the thing about a roguelike is if you keep offering different functionality different uh uh, carrots to sort of keep the player going even when they win a run Give them something a little bit more to play it again. I think it, it's a it's a great little formula for smaller companies to build. And that's why a lot of these games are are indies and small companies. But let's get into my favorite five. And I promise myself not to put this in any particular order as much as I want to. <sighs> but <laughs> I'm going to start off with Slay the Spire. Slay the Spire is the first roguelike I ever really loved. It certainly wasn't the first roguelike I played, but oh man, it's one of the first that I really loved. And I got into this when I heard them talking about an NVC and everybody there was playing it. I was like, let me give it a try. This is a deck builder, uh, a game I hadn't played before that. But you start off with, um, there's three different characters that you can start off with and you have a uh, a starter deck, which is actually very simple. and I think part of why Slay the Spire is so good. the the starting deck is so simple. In fact, I think of like if you choose Ironclad, who's the first character, I mean, they basically they basically have a, a few attacks, a few guards, and then maybe one card which has maybe a sentence that has to explain itself a little bit. but there it, it's just so much simpler. And then every time you beat, Uh, a group of enemies you you go along this path and you can choose between battles and other things their shops and what have you and as you go up this spire towards the boss the main boss um, you can just kind of choose your path so if you choose tougher enemies they call them elites Um, they're tougher battles they're riskier battles but you can get some things called relics which are permanent boosts to your character they're not cards necessarily but they are like, you know, um, you get uh, more uh, HP or some of certain kinds of cards you have are more powerful or every 10th attack is a, is a double hit or something like that. It's a, It's such an addictive game because once you finish a run, you just want to go in again. And the joy of the game is when you get a card after beating a set of enemies... They give you a choice of three different cards, and you can really try to pick and choose and synergize. And a lot of games have copied this style, but you synergize. So one of my favorite ways to do this game is there's a character called the Silent, and you can do what's called a Shiv run. A Shiv is a kind of card that only the Silent can have, and it is an attack that uses zero energy, so you can play the card for free. Eventually, with the right kinds of relics and the right kinds of cards, you can have shivs that double, triple, quadruple in power. Um, And then every third attack attacks for more and raises your strength. And then you can have a shiv that you use it and it creates more shivs and you just just assault weapons with these shivs. It's so much fun. It's one of my favorite synergies in all of Slay the Spire. But there's so many different ways to go about it. If you lose a run, you can try something different. And when you beat a run, it unlocks the next level of difficulties. There's 21 levels of difficulty for each character in the game. So if you so choose, you can try to beat the game with all the characters and you can unlock a fourth character. So there's four and all the levels of difficulty So in the end, 84 ways to do it. And then that's not even beating the game. To beat the game, you have to kind of do a certain thing on your run. You can do it with anybody. I still have never actually beaten this game because I just enjoy playing a run and not being distracted by what you have to do to beat the final boss. Maybe one day I'll do it. I'm not particularly great at it, but it's an amazing game. It is $24.99 on PlayStation right now. You can probably get it on sale at some point, but it is also on PS Plus Extra for free. Definitely recommend trying that if you've never. Shovel Knight Pocket Dungeon. Oh, I love this game. This is from the Shovel Knight Universe. You start off with Shovel Knight, and you—it's uh, it, the most puzzle-like game of all the games in this list. It looks like a puzzle game. You play inside of the puzzle board, so you're not like um, like it's not like Tetris where you're controlling the pieces. You are in the board, and you are uh, attacking enemies within the board, shifting things around. What's really fun about this is that all the different knights in the game generally come from the Shovel Knight universe. There's a few new ones. But each of them has their own skill set. So if you play as Mole Knight, for example, you can swap places with an item. And so the way you play just becomes totally different. And so what I like to do in this game is once I once I beat the game with Shovel Knight, then I beat the game with Mole Knight. And then I'll play the game with a different Knight. And I'll just use them over and over and over again until I beat the game. I don't play with Heat, which is like the Hades term for... How do you make the game more difficult? How do you hamstring yourself to play at a higher level? Um, a lot of roguelikes have that once you beat the game. You know, Slay the Spire has ascension levels. There's heat. You know, there's all sorts of things. This game has hats, <laughs> which which I think were added later. They, they wasn't there originally. But you can put on a hat, two hats, three hats, and they'll actually, like, balance on your head. And it makes the game harder. But you get more rewards. You get more gold and things like that. I, have, I don't think I've ever played with a hat on. I am just happy to try to... My goal is to beat the game with every single character. I've done it, I think, with five. And you unlock a little achievement every time you do that so you can kind of keep your progress. So that's my goal in the game. Maybe in the future, if I eventually do that, I'll, I'll try some heat and, and see if I can do some of those achievements. But such a great game. It's a, it's a puzzle game. Uh, you, you attack enemies. And when, they're ne- when the same enemies are next to each other, it attacks them all. Such great fun. So colorful. It has all of the magic um, that Shovel Knight is. And it's, I think it was developed by a, a different company. It was published by Yacht Club Games. And it is so special and it is so brilliant. And I love it to death. It is $9.99 right now on the PlayStation Store. I think that is uh, on sale. Next up is Dead Cells. I almost didn't want to talk about this one because everyone talks about it so much. But, um, the thing that makes dead cells so good and why people always talk so highly about it, is it's not even so much about the roguelike part. The, the action and platforming of the game is so fluid. As a character, you just fly through the areas. You have the ability to, uh, you can like uh, skid past an enemy, so like like basically under them, so you get behind them. you can uh, block with a shield. You can dodge. There's so many different ways to play, and the character is just so fluid. You jump through the platforms. You go under the platforms. It just makes you feel like a gaming god. Uh, It just does it so well. And then the other thing that you just can't resist is you are constantly getting upgrades when you play through a level. And generally, when I play through a level, unless I'm having real trouble, I try to look around the level everywhere, unlock the entire map, so that I can get every single upgrade to my character and you'll get these upgrades and generally it's like a jar and it, you can upgrade your your red, your green, or your purple. And so if you have weapons that have um like red powers, it'll upgrade your attack power for those. Same with green, same with purple. Is it purple? Yeah, I think it's purple. And uh so if you kind of commit early on like to a weapon or a color, so Um, if you, if you unlock enough in the game, you can actually start off the game and you can choose between four different sets of weapons, which is really nice early on in the game. You kind of get what they give you, but you can change the way you play. You can use the bow and arrow. You can use uh, a melee weapon. Um, you can decide you want to use shields or not. I've never been a shield person. I really wish I was better with the shield because you can use that to parry, uh, and there's skills for that. But I generally like to just dodge around, but Yeah, early on, you sort of settle on, "Uh, I like this weapon, and it's a red weapon, so I'm going to upgrade red, red, red. And then if you have the red weapon, you want to get the red, like, side weapons. And that could really dictate things, because you might like a different side weapon that's maybe green in nature. So you just have to commit, but you really want to have all your weapons lined up on the same color, so you really have to decide pretty much in the first level that's the way you're going to go. It's just so much fun. There's a lot of DLC for it. The DLC packs basically just unlock your path all the way to the top of the game. So you're going through different paths to get to eventually a final boss. But the DLCs will unlock different final bosses, different branches you can go. And I, I kind of fairly recently bought the DLC because I just realized I just love Dead Cells enough. And so I bought the whole pack. There's also the Return to Castlevania DLC, which is the most recent and I think it came out this year, and it's so good. It brings in Castlevania weapons and Castlevania characters you talk to and Castlevania levels, and there's even a level where you play with Castlevania mechanics, which honestly is probably the worst part of the Castlevania DLC because it doesn't feel like Dead Cells. But uh, but it's a lot of fun, especially if you love the Castlevania series. So can't say enough about it. I, I would definitely recommend... It's $24.99 on PlayStation. It is also on PS Plus. If you've never played this game, try it on PS Plus. You can just play the base game for a while. And if you if you really like it, the DLCs are there, Return to Castlevania, and they all play the same way except for that one Castlevania level. So it just gives you different paths and, and things to do. It's so much fun. I've been playing this game for years, and I keep coming back to it. Uh, such a great roguelike Darkest Dungeon. This this one I was conflicted with. I love Darkest Dungeon. Love Darkest Dungeon. I played through, I think I played 30 to 40 hours of it or so. It was a game that when I first played, I kind of had some trouble with it, but I always wanted to get back to it. And then when I finally got back to it, I was like, "Okay, yeah, I get it now." What makes Darkest Dungeon so fun is what a brilliantly dark art style it has. The goal of this game is you you don't really you're not really a character in the game. You start with a character and you recruit other characters and they're different types. And throughout the game, you'll have characters that go through dungeons and you can choose the difficulty and whatever and you'll lose characters. They'll die. And if they die, it's like permadeath. Now, there are some ways to bring back a character every so often along your path, but don't rely on it. For the most part, if you lose 10 characters, maybe one or two of them will come back eventually. But it's so much fun because you pick where you want to go, and then you pick what types of characters you want to bring, and you're always recruiting characters, and you give them a name, and you start to, they start to have an identity. I started naming characters after members of my family and friends and that sort of thing, and then they die, and I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. It's uh, not a hard game generally, but it's not an easy game either. And as you play through and grind the characters, what you want to do is sort of rotate them in and out, play some easier levels, get people leveled up, but don't just rely on the same set of characters. And eventually when they get fully leveled up and you're feeling confident, you can go in and try to fight one of these. I think there's like these four main missions you need to do to beat the game. On regular mode, I think once you beat one of the main missions, you can't use any of those characters again, which is crazy. Uh, It does lengthen the game, but... My, <laughs> I absolutely love kind of going through this game. It's a great game to play while you're just watching TV or whatever. Uh, I the, the reason why I was conflicted with this is I've never beaten it. I I've got pretty good at it, or so I thought, but I cannot beat any of the main levels. And eventually, I had to put this game down because I would build up characters to like max power, go through, and just get beat. And then they die. <laughs> and it was so frustrating. So I really need to like learn a few more tips about how to play this game and how to survive those tougher levels because it is frustrating when you build up some characters and then they just die. Uh, Darkest Dungeon 2 is... I think it's out. It's not out on Switch. I don't even know if it's out on PlayStation. Um, but it's making its way out. And I'm interested in it. I think it's a little bit different of a game too so um i don't i haven't played it though but i do love darkest dungeon and it's a game i i do want to start yeah it came out on steam this year so we're waiting for it to come to console Uh, it's a game i i kind of want to play again as as stupid as that may sound and how much it tortured me um i think it's that good and right now it is 4.99 on the playstation store so i recommend it last one is a bit of a cheat sorry Uh, It's Into the Breach. And the reason why that's a cheat is for some reason it's not on PlayStation. And oddly, it's not on Xbox either. But it is on iPhone and Android. And this is a tactics game. This is why I told you, like, roguelikes can be almost any kind of genre. And this is a tactics game that's a roguelike. And I remember when I first heard about this, I was like, no way, really? Because I love games like Fire Emblem and whatever. I was like, a roguelike version of it? So you play as, um, I don't know what you play as, but you have a uh, you have a set of mechs. And those mechs have pilots. And um, you choose your mechs. Those are your mechs for the run. Um, you choose a captain, a pilot captain. And each of them has their own skill set. Um, I have one particular captain where I can actually reset my turn twice in any given level, which is really nice, especially early on when you kind of make a mistake and you want to reset things um as you play you might find other pilots and then you can put those pilots in your other mechs so that they have additional skills from the pilot you're going to upgrade your mechs you're going to give them better firepower you're going to give them different attacks you can synergize with them um but generally i just like to pick my favorite attacks that that seems to be um the most important thing really what i want to, what i want to do Um, You'll go through, you have to go through uh, a set of islands, at least two, uh, but you can go through three islands or four islands. There's different kinds of beats, right? And um, you have to go through, I think about four or five levels in an island before you can go for the boss. I think it forces you to go for the, not really a boss, but this like final area. And that's how you clear the island. If your mech dies... They will come back in the next level, although you'll have to finish the level without that mech. But the pilot dies. So really, losing a mech is all about losing the pilot. Um, uh, So as long as you can finish that level, you'll be okay. But um, I think you might lose some of your power-ups for it too. You really don't want to lose a mech. And what makes this game so good and so much better than every other tactics game I've ever played is that in tactics games, it's all about attack, 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 and and try to keep your, your guys safe. If there's permadeath, you certainly don't want them killed, but you just want to try to keep your army healthy and whatever. In this game, sometimes taking a hit is the way you want to go because the flow of a level is you'll actually see the enemy mechs. You'll actually see what they intend to do. So you'll say, oh, this mech is going to shoot a missile this way. This mech is going to lob a grenade this way. And so they will always do that. So when you take your turn and you see those those moves, um, you could sit there and say, well, I want to kill this mech because it's a tactics game. But no, in Into the Breach, sometimes all you want to do is push a mech. So if you see a mech is going to hurl a grenade into a building, you can just push them over a tile. They're still going to throw the grenade five tiles ahead of them, but now it's going to land in an open prairie. And so, yeah, the game is not about killing all the time yes killing will help you get rid of that <laughs> that enemy forever um, but you just have to get through i think it's about four or five turns and the goal of each level is to protect the city around you the people in the city and it's just what makes it so good is that it's not just about attack 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 it is one of my favorite games of all time it's a game i always come back to if it had one problem none of it is gameplay the one problem is that there's all these achievements you can unlock, you know, uh, you know, finding all the pilots in the game. Uh, you know, killing three enemies on a turn. There's all these, like, achievements you can, like, check off. And I love doing that. I I 100 of the base game. Then they expanded it and added all these different mech teams and all these new challenges and whatever. And I, I've been working on that. But um, the only knock on the game is that those challenges are not difficulty-centric. So in other words, the challenge is the same whether it's hard mode or easy mode. So it kind of, like, when I got into the mode of trying to hit all of those achievements, I just started playing on easy mode for a long time. And after a while, I was like, well, why should I switch this game back to normal mode? I mean, like, at this point, I've beaten the game a bunch of times. I'm really just about hitting the achievements. And some of these achievements are just trickier on a normal mode and it's like i'll just use easy mode to check them off and now like i never play on normal mode it's the only game i just always play on easy mode and i wish i I, you know and that's i mean that's fine like some people want to play on easier mode that's great i just kind of wish i could play the game always on normal mode and that all the achievements only unlock in that normal mode And I I could, I could just have more willpower and just put it on normal mode and stop whining about it. But I just, I have no, oh, I just, I just have no, uh, no ability to switch back. So, (laughs) so, but play it on easy mode. You know what? Easy mode is certainly not easy. It's been a while since I've played on normal mode, but it's only a little bit harder um, so you can go ahead and play on easy mode because I still I, I don't always win a run, even on easy mode. It's you know not, uh, you know, and a lot of times I'm not even trying to win a run. I'm just trying to do something weird to get an achievement. But it's just the greatest game. There's so much variety. You can play with all different kinds of mechs. You can try all different kinds of pilots. You can try to unlock all the things, hit all the achievements. And the runs are just so fun. It's just it's it's such a great game of a, a, such a great tactics game. I just love it. It's pretty much the closest thing to just playing chess in a video game without playing a a chess video game, if you know what I mean. Um, It's absolutely fantastic. Not available on PlayStation, but it is available on mobile phones. And it probably controls pretty well because it's not like an action game where you need a controller. So never tried it, but I, I probably should. I think it's free through Netflix as well. But that's it. I love my roguelike games. I hope you do too. Um, If you've never really played the genre, try one of these games. Um, I would recommend Slay the Spire if you feel like you want to try out like a deck building type game. Even if you've never played a deck building before, it was the first one I played and I loved it. If you like puzzle games, maybe give Shovel Knight Pocket Dungeon a go. If you like action games, go with Dead Cells, Tactics into the Breach. Darkest Dungeon is dungeon crawling. It's just very roguelike but uh, maybe maybe not for your first one but it's very good playstation daily is your daily podcast for everything sony playstation you can send me topic ideas you'd like to hear me talk about feedback for the show or just say hello on threads at psdailypod or send me an email to playstationdailypod at gmail.com what is your favorite roguelike is it hades hope you've enjoyed today's pod happy gaming happy holidays and until next time PlayStation.